0: What up, Sam? It's the Tale of the Tapes. The fuck life. Sam? Alright, so this is Tale of the Tapes, Season 2, Episode 51. On today's episode, we got Missy Elliott and Trick Daddy. So... I have a fair amount of opinion to give on both of these artists here today. And again, it may not be what you think unless you've started to pick up on my patterns from following this podcast often. So I was introduced to Missy Elliott in 1997 by a friend of mine, DJ Billy D, who was essentially responsible for introducing me to hip hop in general, be honest with you, with uh, the Fuji's The Score album in 1994, which we've spoken about before. Um, And I gotta give Billy credit for seemingly always knowing when someone was gonna blow up before they did. It seemed to be some sort of hidden talent this kid always had, which he possibly may have gotten from his mom, who was actually a great singer. But I remember him showing me her song, The Rain, and I loved it. Um, We used to always bump that shit around his house when we were little, playing floor hockey and all sorts of other shit. Um, I remember going out and copping that album, and... I can't say that I really liked it. Like I said, I fucked with that song, and at the time, being so new to hip-hop and all, I had no bias towards male rappers yet at this point, so I just kind of brushed Missy off at that point as someone I didn't really fuck with. As time went on, and she continued to buzz and create new weird things, for some reason I started to really hate her. Now... To be clear, I'm probably like 12 or 13 years old at this point. So for me to sit here and try to pretend I even remember exactly why I hated Missy would be me bullshitting you. But I just always remember I thought the thing she did was super ridiculous. And me personally, I've never been a fan of using a gimmick to garner attention or fame. It's just like a personal pet peeve that I've always had. As I started to grow and listen to more hip-hop and even became involved in it myself... I felt that skill should be what propelled someone to fame and superstardom, not dressing like a weirdo and having some odd gimmick that people are entertained by. You know, go be a dancer or make music videos or something. If that's what you do, don't rap. But again, I was young and immature and now that I'm older, I understand why Missy did what she did. And yes, part of it was probably gimmicky to a certain extent and she wanted to increase record sales. but. I also believe Missy Elliott is just a very unique character, a talented music artist, and a smart, successful woman. That being said, I never thought Missy Elliott was a good rapper, and going into this study, I expected her to finish very poorly, but I did want to just be clear about the fact that I have very much disliked Missy Elliott for a very long time. Now... As an adult, I try to not carry too much hate around with me anymore, especially not over somebody I don't know or something petty or whatever like that. So I got nothing but love for anybody, but if we're forcing my opinion out, I am not a fan of Missy Elliott. So when I spoke on people picking up on my patterns, not being a fan of female rappers has certainly been one of them. Another pattern I seem to have followed in my early hip-hop days was some sort of unacknowledged love for Southern hip-hop. Again, this wasn't even remotely close to a conscious thing, but when I look back at the artists I listened to and the albums I had, a good majority of it was Southern artists, and Trick Daddy was no different. Now, while I don't remember owning any Trick Daddy albums when I was younger, although I may have possibly owned one and I just don't really remember... I definitely remember liking a fair amount of his songs and I definitely thought Trick Daddy was highly entertaining for some reason. Again, he was never my favorite rapper and I didn't own much of his material but fucked with most of the singles and some other songs he put out. So while I didn't have high expectations for Trick Daddy as far as this study is concerned, I was super intrigued to whether Trick Daddy was actually good or if he was just another awful southern rapper who for some reason I personally enjoyed listening to. So, both of these artists had their debut albums out that year, but Missy Elliott was out first, so we'll start with her. Born Melissa Arnett Elliott, July 1st, 1971, in Portsmouth, Virginia, United States. Other names, Misdemeanor and Goddess of Rap. Years Active are listed as 1991 to present. And the genres are listed as Hip Hop, R&B, and Progressive Rap. So... I don't think there will be any shortage of background info on Missy Elliott, as although I'm not the biggest fan of her, she seems to be pretty well accomplished, so let's read up on some background info here on Missy and see what that says. Melissa Arnett Missy Elliott, born July 1st, 1971, is an American rapper, singer, songwriter, and record producer. She embarked on her music career with R&B girl group Sister in the early to mid-1990s and later became a member of the Swing Mob Collective along with childhood friend and longtime collaborator Timbaland, with whom she worked on projects for American R&B acts Aaliyah, 702, Total, and SWV. Following several collaborations and guest appearances, she launched her solo career in 1997 with her debut album, Super Duper Fly, which spawned the top 20 single, Sock It To Me. The album debuted at number 3 on the Billboard 200, the highest charting debut for a female rapper at the time. Elliot's second album, The Real World, was released in 1999 and produced the singles She's a Bitch, All in My Grill, and Top 5 Hit Hot Boys. The remix of the latter song broke the record for most weeks at number one on the U.S. R&B chart on the issue dated January 15, 2000, as well as spending 18 weeks at number one on the Hot Rap Singles chart from December 1999 to March of 2000. With the release of Miss E So Seductive in 2001, Under Construction in 2002, and This Is Not a Test in 2003, Elliot established an international career that yielded hits including Get Your Freak On, One Minute Man, For My People, Gossip Folks, and Work It. The latter won her a Grammy Award for Best Female Rap Solo Performance. Elliot went on to win four Grammy Awards and sold over 30 million records in the United States. She is the best-selling female rapper in Nielsen music history according to Billboard in 2017. In 2019, she released her first extended play titled Iconology and became the first female rapper inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame and received the MTV VMA's Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award for her impact on the music video landscape. In 2020, Billboard ranked her at number 5 on the 100 Greatest Music Video Artists of All Time. In 2021, she was honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So like I said, I didn't think there would be any shortage of information there on Missy, as yes, some of this was new information to me, as I've stated before, I'm not the biggest fan of her, but I was also aware that she was pretty accomplished, so not too surprised with that background on Missy, and I do just want to point out a lot of things there, Grammy Awards, um, best-selling female hip-hop artists, 30 million records sold in the United States. All these things, right? And I'm not trying to downplay any of these achievements. But we do have to keep in mind that her production was of one of the best producers of all time. One of the most popular and commercially mainstream successful producers of all time in Timbaland. So again, I I don't want to make excuses and, and be a dick here. But I believe that if Timbaland was my childhood friend, I would have probably been a tremendously selling hip-hop artist as well. But again, speculation, don't want to get into that. Just wanted to point out that, yes, she did have that commercial success, but it was pushed a lot by other things. But let's get into my write-up of Missy Elliott and see how that reads in comparison. While I was a fan of The Rain when it first came out, that was as close as I'd ever come to liking anything of hers. To say I wasn't a Missy Elliott fan would be an understatement. While she did show a decent ability to use different rhyme schemes, she also had weak lines and even her decent ones weren't very good. She was pretty decent at being able to keep a topic but also missed some clear opportunities for multi rhymes and finished just below average lyrically overall. I feel safe going on record to say that Missy Elliott was clearly more than a rapper having made dancehall and R&B music as well, but she only actually registered three hip hop albums for scoring. All three of them were good albums, though. Of her 48 qualified songs, one was great, three were weak, and another six were good. Even though those numbers aren't necessarily anything special, they were still carried a fair amount by Features. I can say that her commercial success was carried by her production All I Want, but it doesn't change the fact that she did have a decent amount of it, regardless of the main cause. That being said, she didn't have any clear influences on any other hip-hop artists. While Missy's content wasn't necessarily overly original, her image, sound, and style certainly were, and although she contradicted her own messages at times, she always seemed to be doing things a different way than everybody else was. So again, I want you to keep in mind how much I like Missy Elliott's music when listening to these numbers again, because if I involved my opinions, these numbers would have been a lot lower. So... Lyric, she gets a four and a half, like I spoke about, just below average. She was decent with different rhyme schemes and stuff like that, but she definitely had some weak lines. Her decent lines were kind of like, ah, you know, alright, that was okay. Um, she was decent at being able to keep a topic, definitely nothing super impressive or anything like that. And she definitely missed a lot of opportunities for multisyllabic rhymes. So just when you took everything all into consideration, just below average, they lyrically for Missy. Album, she gets a 3.74 with zero classics. Like I said, only three albums. Um, you know, not an abundance of material there, but all three albums were good, so a good album score there for Missy. Song, she gets a minus point four two, which is close to a half a point. This isn't really that dramatic. I mean, you know, I always say plus or minus a full point. She's not even quite yet at a half a point, but again... You're losing points where you could be gaining points. That's never a good thing, obviously. And this came from 48 qualified songs in total. One of those songs were great. Three of those songs were weak. So even though all of those numbers are small, 48 total songs is small. One great song is obviously as minuscule as you could possibly get. And three weak songs is small as well. Even considering only, you know, 48 songs in total, three weak songs is still not that bad of a percentage, but... When you look at the great compared to the weak, it is three times the amount of great, so definitely more weak stuff there than Missy, and she loses a point four two there in the songs department. Impact, she gets a 5, and quite frankly, that was just completely carried by her commercial success, because very small body of work, both in albums and songs. No clear, visible impacts or influences on any other artists that I've found to date yet. And, I mean you know, Missy is not somebody that anybody really ever brings up. I mean, like I said, Missy is more than a rapper. So I think to even just speak on Missy as a rapper is, you know, doing her somewhat of a disservice as an artist, which I've had a similar feeling with uh, Wyclef Jean and Lauryn Hill, um, a couple of other people, you know, Afro Man, people like that, where these people were just so clearly more than just rappers. But again, in this study you're being judged as a rapper that's what this is about here this is not about the greatest music artist of all time i do not have i do not have the credentials to judge all of that nor would i ever be able to find the time to listen to every song that's ever been created it would literally be physically impossible but i am attempting to do it with hip-hop and it's it's extremely time consuming and overwhelming and a lot to keep up with but I'm really determined to get to the end of this, so hopefully I could stick with it and we can come to a conclusion at the end of the day. But, you know, just a lot of negatives there when it comes to the impact department for Missy Elliott. But then you just have, you know, the greatest selling female rapper of all time, um, a Grammy Award, 30 million albums sold in the U.S., and stuff like that. So, again, is that going to put her at a nine? No, we have to take all things into consideration. But,. You know, you do have to take that into consideration. So like Missy Elliott or not, think she's good or not, you know, whatever. She did have a tremendous amount of commercial success. So it's got to count for something. Originality, she gets an eight. And like I said, there, there wasn't anything overly original about her content. It wasn't that she was really making songs about things that other people weren't making songs about, but mostly everything else about her was pretty original. Her image, her sound, her rap style, um, you know, just those type of things. She was very, very original in those particular departments and not overly original in her content. So definitely more good than bad there for sure in the originality department for Missy Elliott. And she gets an eight. Now you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and that gives you a final rating of 417 which leaves Missy Elliott tied for 111th place of 186 artists done overall. So not a great finish, but certainly not a dreadful one, just towards the back end of the middle there for Missy Elliott. And I want to point out that when people finish in a tie with someone else, I will not reveal who they are tied with unless the person that they are tied with has been covered in this podcast already. So for example, in this case, The person that Missy is tied in 111th place with is Freddie Fox, who we've already covered on the show. So I think it's interesting to point out who some people are in ties with because you find some of the most unlikely, dramatically different characters who you'd never even put in the same sentence together tied with each other. And usually for some random-ass spot, if I asked you off the top of your head who was your 111th greatest rapper of all time... You'd be like, bro, I I don't know. That's ridiculous. So, point in case, Missy Elliott and Freddie Fox. I mean, these two couldn't be more opposites in every way possible. And it's nuts, because if I had to guess, they probably have dramatically different scores from each other in every single category, but wind up tied overall, which is nuts. Now, I'm not going to say I'm a huge Freddie Fox fan, but Freddie Fox definitely had some bars and was a hard boom bap spitter from the old school, so for me to even utter that Missy Elliott is tied with Freddie Fox is really irking me right now. So, not to be a dick man, but if it was up to me and I involve my bias and my opinions in this study, Missy would be way further back than this, I promise you. I actually cringed at the fact that I even had to listen to her entire catalog. Lucky for me, it was only three albums long, but I'm not going to lie. It was very difficult to make it through those three albums. But again, not a bad finish for Missy. So as much as I made this like her, she did fairly decent in here. And I wish her nothing but the best. So shout outs to Missy for doing her thing and being an original and very successful artist for sure. Now, moving on to Trick Daddy, who, like I said, also had his debut album out in 1997. Birth name is Maurice Samuel Young, also known as Trick Daddy Dollars, born September 27, 1974 in Miami, Florida, United States. Genres are listed as gangster rap and southern hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1996 to present. So I believe if my memory serves me correctly, which knowing me, it may very well not be. (laughs) But if it is, I do believe that Trick Daddy is the first rapper to come out of Miami, Florida officially. I'm sure that he won't be the last, but I do think that he is the first. So interesting stuff there, but let's move on to Trick Daddy's background and see what we can find there. Maurice Samuel Young, born September 27, 1974, better known by his stage name Trick Daddy, is an American rapper from Miami's Liberty City. So I'm not going to lie, I'm a bit surprised by the lack of info there on Trick Daddy. I thought we would have been given a little bit more than that. And for the record, I did dig a little bit deeper and honestly couldn't really find anything else noteworthy on him. So let's just read my breakdown on Trick Daddy. I won't say I ever thought Trick Daddy was necessarily great, but I was personally always highly entertained by him. While I don't remember having any of his albums, I do remember bumping a fair amount of his songs back in the day. Early on, most rhymes were simplistic. He also used his accent to get away with rhyming words that otherwise don't really rhyme, and there were times where he just didn't rhyme at all. While he was good at keeping a topic and decent with different rhyme schemes, he also took shortcuts a fair amount and finished below average lyrically overall. Trick Daddy registered 8 albums for scoring. 3 of those 8 were average with the remaining 5 being good albums. Of his 102 registered songs, none were great while 5 were weak and another 15 were good songs, but he did sometimes have a habit of recycling songs on some albums. While his impact on the hip-hop game wasn't huge, he did have a decent amount of commercial success. Even coming from someone who listened to a fair amount of his material, I even forgot just how many hits he really had. That being said, he only had visible impacts on Nas and a couple of others. Although his voice reminded me a bit of Master P and Tupac mixed together, he remained pretty original with his flow, delivery, and bluntness while managing to not borrow too much from other artists. So pretty self-explanatory stuff right there, so let's get right into adding up the math on Trick Daddy and see where he winds up. Lyrics, he gets a four. Now, again, I'm probably going to do this in almost every department here because I want to be clear again, right? I said this in the beginning. Missy Elliott got to be in like my top five or ten most hated rappers of all time, and it's hard for me to say that right now because a lot of trash has come out over the past couple of years. But to be quite honest with you, I, I couldn't even really tell you most of those people's names or songs or anything like that. Like off the top of my head, if you ask me to name you a bottom 10, there's definitely a bunch of people that should be in that bottom 10 that I would never even think of off the top of my head. But out of people that like I really actually know and and I've I know for sure who these people are, I know what their name is and stuff like that. Missy Elliott is without a doubt in my top 10 most hated rappers of all time. And on top of that, I told you guys that I not only liked Trick Daddy when I was in like high school and stuff like that, but I still fuck with Trick Daddy. Do I bump his albums? No, I don't. But if Trick Daddy were to come out with an album next week, I would at least go check it out. I would go listen to it. And obviously this is more up to Trick Daddy than anything, but just judging off of Trick Daddy's past work... I would probably like a couple of songs from the album. Now, I just gave Trick Daddy a four lyrically and Missy Elliott a four and a half. Do you know how disgusting it is to me to sit here and say to you that Missy Elliott is a better rapper than Trick Daddy? Ugh. (laughs) But it is what it is, bro. My opinion does not fucking matter. She just was a little bit better than him. It is what it is. Albums, he gets a 3.67, again a lower score than Missy Elliott. I just told you that I had a very hard time even getting through those three albums for Missy Elliott. So for me personally, I hated pretty much every song except The Rain on all three of those albums. And again, for me personally, I liked the very high majority of Trick Daddy songs. But technically speaking, from a poetic aspect, from a musical aspect, from a lyrical aspect, from a creative standpoint and things like that, Missy Elliott's albums were better than Trick Daddy's albums. They were. I just don't like them better. Moving on to songs, Trick Daddy gets a minus .49, which is just about a half a point. Almost the same score as Missy Elliott is. She had a minus minus.42. But again, Trick Daddy's a little bit higher, a minus 0.49. And that comes from a bunch of things. Trick Daddy had a lot more songs in total over double the amount of, of songs that Missy Elliott had. But he also got credit for no great songs, which is less than Missy who had one, and five weak songs, which is higher than Missy who only had three. again, how could I score Missy with a one great song and three weak songs when I pretty much hated every song she ever made, and then score Trick Daddy with no great songs and five weak songs when I liked about seventy-five percent of his material? Okay, again, it is not about what I like or what I enjoy. We're scoring the technicalities here. Technically speaking, Missy was better in the song department, not by much but she was better, so Trick Daddy loses just about a half a point there in the songs department, Impact, he gets a five, and you know, it's kind of odd, like, these two are nothing alike in, in content, or you know, they're not friends or anything, I don't believe they've ever worked together, their sound is nothing alike, all these things are vastly, vastly different, but each score here has been extremely close, Missy Elliott four and a half, Trick Daddy four, Missy Elliott, 3.74. Trick Daddy, 3.67. Missy Elliott, minus 0.42. Trick Daddy, minus 0.49. Missy Elliott, 5. Trick Daddy, 5. So, again, very, very similar stuff here. Now, with the other things, they're close scores, but they're different. and They were obviously gotten to that point in different fashions. This one wasn't. When it comes to the impact here, this is almost exactly the same as Missy. Now... Missy with a little bit more commercial success and with a smaller output than Trick Daddy, right, which kind of boosts her success rate where it's like, okay, well, she only put out three albums and did all this. He put out, you know, eight albums and yeah, he had some hit singles and stuff like that, but overall accomplished a lot less. Well, it goes both ways because yes, she's going to get credit for accomplishing more with less material, but he's also going to get credit for having put out more material. Are either of those things by themselves going to really change their scores? No, but I'm just trying to point out how many little different things there are to take into consideration. Now, pretty much exactly the same for the impact here. Missy Elliott with a little more commercial success, Trick Daddy with probably a little bit more of a respected name in the hip-hop community when it comes to like a real rapper like i said missy elliott has to be considered more than a rapper so that's not to say missy elliott isn't a rapper or that she can't rap but you know not everybody really just looks at missy elliott like a rapper trick daddy is a from the hood absolutely ghetto southern rapper it is what it is it's black and white And, you know, I just think that very, very small differences when it comes to Impact here with these two, but almost exactly the same, and they do wind up at the same score of a 5. Originality, Trick Daddy gets a a 6.5 in comparison to Missy Elliott's 8. And again, Trick Daddy, you know, he was, I I don't want to say that he was unoriginal, but the majority of his content and sound was pretty typical down south. Um, Nothing about his image was overly original or unique or anything like that. His flow, delivery, and bluntness and stuff like that, and the fact that he didn't really take much from other artists, I felt those couple of things were kind of what carried him up to a six and a half, because he wasn't really losing much for anything either. So, Was he overly unique and original? No, not really, but he did enough things that were different enough and original and unique enough to carry him up to that six and a half. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and that gives you a final rating of 3.74, which leaves Trick Daddy tied for 154th place of 186 artists done overall. So definitely not a strong finish there for Trick Daddy. Like we stated earlier with Missy Elliott, if the person the artist is tied with has already been covered on this podcast, then I will reveal who it is. And again, interestingly enough, we have another very odd pairing here with Trick Daddy being in a tie with Grandmaster Kaz. And again, think about the dynamics here. One from the Bronx, one from Miami. Completely different content, styles, locations, and scores in probably almost every single category, but again, they wind up in a dead tie, and I would have never put these two in the same conversation with each other, let alone a tie for 154th place overall, so crazy stuff, and I can't lie, man, even though I partly expected this, it makes me a little sad. Not nah, seriously though, man, I was pulling for Trick Daddy to finish a little higher than this. Was hoping maybe he was a sleeper who surprised me, but Trick Daddy just wasn't a great rapper, man, to keep it 100. And again, I want everybody to be aware of what we just witnessed. I not only like Trick Daddy's music, but I hate Missy Elliott, and I just placed Missy Elliott over 40 spots ahead of Trick Daddy because guess what? regardless of my opinion on her or him that's where they rightfully belong technically and realistically so that's what you're gonna get here but regardless man like I said I enjoyed Trick Daddy's music and he certainly did his thing and Missy Elliott certainly had plenty of successes and shouldn't care much about my opinion on her so shout outs to both of these artists for sure so now let's get into all of our lists We'll start it off as we always do with our top 10% overall, and this list is going to grow by one today from a top 16 to a top 17 because of the total number of artists covered in the podcast so far, so it'll be interesting to see who that extra name will be. So in our top spot, we have Eminem, who's in first place of 186 artists done overall. Directly behind him in second is Jay-Z. Behind him is AZ, who's in fifth. Directly behind him in 6th is Big L, and directly behind L is Nas, who's in 7th. Directly behind him in 8th is Method Man, and a couple of slots back from Meth is Black Thought of the Roots, who's in 10th. couple slots back from Thought in a three-way tie for 12th is Tupac and Biggie. Behind them is Faro Monch, who's tied for 16th. Behind him in 19th is KRS-One. Directly behind the teacher is Rock of Helter Skelter, who's in 20th. And directly behind him in 21st is Proof. A couple spots back from Proof is Jizer, who's in 23rd. And directly behind him in 24th is Sean Price of Helter Skelter. Directly behind him is Slick Rick, who's in 25th. And then directly behind him is Ghostface Killer, who's in 26th place of 186 artists done overall. So, a bunch of things to talk about here. First, before we even discuss any additions or anything like that, let me point out something that some of you may or may not have noticed. So, back in Season 1, when we would read all these lists off, and, you know, it was 102 artists done overall, 110 artists done overall, then it went to 125 artists done, 150 artists done overall, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, into the 90s. Now, if you've noticed, at the end of the 90s, we're up to 186 artists done overall now. And although most guys aren't finishing inside of our top 10%, naturally some are. So as that total list grows, sometimes some guys may be slid back overall, even though their place in our top 10% overall list on here hasn't necessarily changed. So... What I mean by that is, in this list, Tupac and Biggie are still directly behind Black Thought in the 8th spot of our top 10% overall. But if you notice, last week they were in a 3-way tie for 11th place. This week they're in a 3-way tie for 12th place because someone I have finished recently has passed Tupac and Biggie and taken over the 11th place spot overall. This naturally slides Pac and Big, and whoever else they are in that three-way tie with, back a spot. And obviously also slides everyone behind them back a spot. So Farrow goes from 15th to 16th, KRS moves from 18th to 19th, and so on. So, like I said, I don't point out every single time someone is moved, because most times it's insignificant. But when we have someone who finishes so high that they move one of our top 10% artists back... I feel that's significant enough to point out. Also, because we are almost at 170 artists covered on the podcast, the list grew from a top 16 to a top 17, which allowed Ghostface Killer, who was introduced into this list about a month ago on episode 47 with Lil' Kim, and was slid out the very following week by Eminem on episode 48. Now, just a couple of weeks later, because no one has cracked this list since then, Ghostface is able to slide back into this top 10% overall list. And not for nothing, man, it's going to sound weird me saying this, but even though I'm not a fan of Ghostface's music, I'm happy he's back in this list because he's a dude that, despite the fact that I don't like him, still managed to be good enough overall to own a, to earn a spot in this list. And although I don't believe he'll wind up staying in this list in the, ro- in the long run, he does deserve to soak in some limelight for a bit. So let's see how long he can stay in here going forward. Now let's get into our top 10% lyrical list so far. In our top spot, we have Eminem with a lyrical score of 9.5. In a four-way tie behind him, we have Pharrell, Monch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, and AZ, all with lyrical scores of 8.5. In another tie behind them, we have Method Man and Jay-Z, who got lyrical scores of 8. And then in a four-way tie behind them, we have Master Ace, Jizza, Common, and Big L, who all received lyrical scores of 7.5. Behind them, we have another four-way tie between KRS-One, Lord Finesse, Sean Price of Helter Skelter, and Slug, who all got lyrical scores of 7. And then in a 13-way tie for our last spot, we have Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers of Onyx, Lazy Bone of Bone thugs and harmony Biggie, Tame One, Little Wayne, Rock of Helter Skelter, and Razkaz. So, neither of our artists are able to crack either of our first two lists today here, so let's get into our particular decades list. We're going to start off with our top artists to make their debut in the 1980s. So your top five artists to come out in the 80s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rock Him, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. These five have seemingly cemented their place in those spots, so much respect. Now let's move on to our 90s decade. Your top five artists to come out in the 90s so far are Eminem, Jay-Z, AZ, Big L and Nas so neither artist able to crack this list today either so let's move on to our regional list and see if there's anything new there to report we'll start with our east coast your top artist to come out of the east coast thus far is Jay-Z from Brooklyn New York behind him we have Big L from Harlem New York and in our third spot we have Nas from Queens New York Moving across to the West Coast, your top artist to come out of the West Coast thus far is Tupac from Marin County, California. Number two, Raz from Carson, California. And number three, Ice Cube from Los Angeles, California. Moving down south, your top three artists to come out of the South so far are Number one, Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Number two, Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia. And in our third and final spot, Big Boy, also of OutKast, and also from Atlanta, Georgia. Moving over to our Midwest, your top three artists to come out of the Midwest thus far are Eminem from Detroit, Michigan, Proof, also from Detroit, Michigan, and Common from Chicago, Illinois. So neither artist today able to crack any of our lists, but after last week's episode of Eminem absolutely smashing every eligible list... I think a bye week is fine. On top of that, we were salvaged by Ghostface sliding back into our top 10% overall list anyway, so not a total loss here today. If you'd like to see any of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit and a like at www.facebook.com slash taleofthetapespodcast. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash taleofthetapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On the host website, you'll see a support button. I appreciate anybody that hits that for me. Thank you very much. And that's it for episode 51 here today. Next week, we will be covering Mace and Jedi Mind Tricks. And I promise you, this is definitely not an episode you're going to want to miss for more reasons than one. Tell of the Tapes. Peace. Tell of the Tapes. Might as well. Better off.